0: Hello music enthusiasts, welcome to Sound Encounters, a music podcast where I explore new and classic releases, different genres, and your favorite artists and bands. I am your host, Cesar Torres. Thank you for joining me today. It is finally December, the last month of this dreaded year, and because it's December, we're finally getting into that wintertime, Christmas mood. And I actually have a great show for you planned today because we're going to be talking about wintertime music. But of course, before we get into that, we got to talk about this past week in music. And before we get into that, I want to talk about something that's that's interested me because it's that time of year where we get the nominations from the Grammys. And everyone always gets mad at the Grammys for not including their favorite artists. And I don't really pay attention to the Grammys. I might watch it this year. But because there was such an outcry this year, again, um, I decided to take a look at the nominations and see what I, who I think is going to win to see how bad this year's nominations are. And, and just to like get a feel for the Grammys that are being aired next month, January 31st. So I'm on Grammy.com looking at the 2020 Grammy nominations, the 63rd annual Grammy Awards. And the first one that I see is Record of the Year, which I'm pretty sure is just like songs. Um, So I see Black Parade by Beyonce here. That was a great song. I really enjoyed that song. Colors by Black Pumas, who I don't recognize. Haven't heard that song either. Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich. Say So by Doja Cat, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, Circles by Post Malone, and Savage by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce. I gotta say, this is a pretty stacked lineup, and a lot of the artists could win. I want to say maybe Post Malone? Actually, no, never mind. I'm going to retract that. I I kind of want to say Billie Eilish because I do enjoy her music. I also kind of want to say Savage by Megan Thee Stallion because she had a pretty big year and everyone loved WAP. I shouldn't say everyone loved WAP. I'm just going to say it's it was a pretty big sensation this year. But there's also Beyonce and Beyonce could win it because she's such an icon, a pop icon and and we can get behind her music. But for this year's record of the year, I kind of want to say Say So by Doja Cat Personally, I think it is the best song out of all of these tracks and it's very catchy and it's very fun. I even, out of all these tracks, I have that song, you know, clear, playing clear in my mind. So I kind of want to say Say So by Doja Cat, Um, but if not Doja, then probably Billie Eilish or Megan Thee Stallion. Say So is just my pick, what I want to win. So moving on, we got Album of the Year um we got coplay on here yikes we got haim haim whatever you want to say it a lot of artists that i don't recognize and a lot of artists uh, names i can't pronounce but i think out of all of these choices i think folklore by taylor swift probably has the best shot of winning it's taylor swift people love taylor i thought folklore was a fantastic album at least fantastic in the terms of like the way that taylor swift makes and produces music if folklore doesn't win i i don't know maybe coldplay i haven't heard that record the only other record i actually heard was women in music part three by haim but wasn't really a fan of that record either could possibly win though i wouldn't be surprised if if that record won uh album of the year Song of the Year, we have Black Parade, The Box, Cardigan, Circles, Don't Start Now, Everything I Wanted, I Can't Breathe, and If the World Was Ending. I kind of want to say Everything I Wanted, but if that doesn't win, I kind of want to say The Box or Black Parade. The Box, because I actually really like that track. I it, It's a catchy trap track. Black Parade is also a really good uh, track. And I like Billie Eilish, so I kind of want Everything I Wanted to Win. But if not Billie Eilish, then definitely The Box. Best New Artist, we have Ingrid Andres, Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D Smoke, Doja Cat, K Tronada, I haven't heard these (laughs) artists, and Megan Thee Stallion. I would love Phoebe to win just for the sole reason that I love indie rock. And uh, this past year for Phoebe was pretty big as Punisher was a huge record. But I feel like Megan might win just because Megan has had a Pretty big year herself. We had WAP. We had uh, a WAP, I should say. We have her new record that just came out, and then the whole Tory Lanez situation. So, I I I want Phoebe to win, but I feel like it's going to be Megan. So I'm going to skip ahead because I don't want to read all of these nominations because we'd be here all day, and we got to get we have a show to get to. So I'm just pop uh dropping down to best pop vocal album. We got Justin Bieber, we got Lady Gaga, we got Dua Lipa, Harry Styles, and Taylor Swift. I've only heard Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift. Uh, so I kind of want to say Folklore just because I think Folklore was a pretty great album. Um, so I'm gonna uh, say Folklore might win. Not just because I wanted to win, but because I think it actually will win. And I'm skipping down again, but I, I, I kind of stopped on Best Dance Electronica album because ARCA is here um, for kick one. Which I think I reviewed on this show a couple months back. Energy by Disclosure is also here. K Trani does also here. Don't recognize this person. I kind of want Kick One to win because I like Arca and Arca's music, even if Kick One wasn't really their best um record i still want arca to win best rock performance this one's interesting a lot of artists that i like on here we have shamika by fiona apple not by big thief kyoto by phoebe bridgers the steps by haim stay high by britney howard and daylight by grace porter so out of these six i feel like only three have the strongest chance of winning that being fiona apple big thief and phoebe bridgers And I'm kind of only saying this because I really love these artists. Um, I really would love Big Thief to win. I think Not, out of all, Shamika Not and and Kyoto Not is probably the strongest here. But it's probably not going to win for the sole reason that Big Thief isn't really that big of a band. Um, And Kyoto also has a pretty huge chance of winning, but I think Shamika might win for... Fiona Apple's for the sole reason that like Fiona like kind of exploded in, in in positive reviews when her album came out. I can't even remember the name of her album, but the album that she released this year was pretty huge. As Pitchfork gave it a ten out of ten, it's it's first ten out of ten in like ten years. So I, I have a feeling that Shamika is gonna win. Same thing, uh, Shamika probably will win Best Rock Song. We have Kyoto, Lost in Yesterday, Not, Shamika, and Stay High. If not Shamika, then probably Tame Impala has the next best chance of winning. The industry loves Tame Impala, and while I wasn't a huge fan of uh, his latest album, I feel like he probably has a a better chance of winning, or, or at least the second best chance of winning after Shamika. Best Rock Album, A Hero's Death by Fontaine's DC, Kiwanika by Michael Kiwanika. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Daylight by Grace Porter. Sound and Fury by Sturgill Simpson. And The New Abnormal by The Strokes. I'm going to have to give it to The Strokes. I don't... Actually, I was going to say I don't want Strokes to win. But out of these five, I probably like The New Abnormal the most. And it's not like I didn't like The New Strokes album. I just was kind of disappointed in it. Um, But yeah, people love The Strokes. The industry loves The Strokes. So... I would not be surprised if The Strokes won the best rock album of the year. Best alternative music album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. That's what the that's what the album was called. Hyperspace by Beck, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, The Slow Rush by Tame Impala, and Jamie by Brittany Howard. Again, kind of have to give it to Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Just because Fiona has had a history of winning Grammys and... And just because everyone really kind of loved this album, or at least the critics did. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Fiona won Best Alternative Music Album. I want Beyonce to win Best R&B Performance. I think that's probably the best song out of the five here. Also want her to win Best R&B Song. Really loved Black Parade. That's a great track. Best rap performance. We got Deep Reverence by Big Sean, Bop by Baby, What's Poppin' by Jack Harlow, The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby, Savage by Megan Thee Stallion, and Dior by Pop Smoke. This one's kind of tricky. I mean, I could see Megan winning it. I can kind of see Big Sean winning it as Big Sean has had a big year, uh, or at least Detroit was a big album. And they could give it to Pop Smoke. Not 100% sure. But out of all of these artists probably Megan has the better shot, has the best shot of getting the best rap performance here. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that right now. And then we have best melodic rap performance. We got Rockstar, Baby, Laugh Now, Cry Later, Drake, Lockdown by Anderson Pock The Box by Roddy Rich, and Heist in the Room by Travis Scott. Ooh, this is a hard one too, but maybe Travis, maybe Roddy. I kind of want Anderson to win. I feel like Anderson's, lockdown is probably the best track here but ugh, oh, this is a hard one I I, I I want Anderson to win but in terms of who I think will actually win I'm not sure that that's a tough one so I probably maybe Roddy maybe it, you know the Grammys could surprise us and give it to the baby but I'm not I'm not sure best rap song will probably go to Savage because just Megan the stallion had such a huge year this year and best rap album. Oof. It could possibly go to Nas. Just because Nas is a a legend in the industry. And I actually think this was his best album in a long time. It's not not it's not the best album out of these five. I kind of want Alfredo to win. I actually do want Alfredo to win. It's probably the best rap album out of these five, but probably will go to Nas. If if Freddie Gibbs wins though, that that would shock me. That's that that would be fucking great. Skipping the country, skipping the jazz and new age, skipping the gospel too. Actually, looking at all of these genres, I don't think I'll see. Oh, actually, no. I came across folk, and but the only two I've listened to here are Leonard Cohen and Laura Marling. Um, I kind of want Laura Marling to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard won. Um. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's it for the Grammy predictions. I'm just seeing all of these genres that I don't listen to, all these artists that I don't recognize, so I'm not going to continue on. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of artists that I wish that were on, you know, these that, that were nominated. People were upset that The weekend was Rob, and I thought The weekend had a good album this year that probably should have been up for um nominations but what are you gonna do uh, <laughs> might watch the grammys this year not 100 percent sure um but yeah who do you who do like who do you think got robbed the most this year kind of forgot fiona apple released an album this year um I'm not saying I wasn't the biggest fan of Fetch the Bolt Cutters, but I she's definitely released better albums before, uh or better albums than Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Still, I hope she wins her awards because um I think she she deserves them. But yes, who do you think got robbed at the Grammys this year? Let me know. You can tweet at me, you can Instagram me at Sound Encounters on social media. Or you could send me a voice message on anchor.fm forward slash sound encounters. There should be a link in the description, the podcast description that'll take you to where you need to go to send me a voice message. Let me know your Grammy thoughts and we could talk about them next week on the show. Speaking of the show, like I said, I got a great show for you this week. Going to talk about some winter songs. But before we get to that, we got to talk about this past week in Music Okay, so I won't lie to you, covering the Grammys this week for the intro was perfect because it gave me a lot to talk about. Because this past week in music was just, we we experienced a drought. <laughs> I, I think it's just because we're winding down and not a lot of artists want to release a lot of things now, especially it's the end of the year. So, I only listened to an EP and an LP this week. The EP is a new Phoebe Bridgers EP. If we make it through December, Phoebe's coming in with an EP of wintertime and Christmas related covers. Apparently, three out of the four tracks here were previously released uh, tracks that I haven't heard before, so it'd be great for me to cover these tracks now. And it's smart of her to release this since she is dominating the indie scene. Uh, with the album that she released earlier this year, Punisher. But I've been really digging this EP. We get her usual brand of slow and melodic indie rock aesthetic for these tracks. I love the folkier vocal melody that Phoebe takes on Christmas song. The gentle guitar and the swelling strings also makes it a memorable melody. The decision to have a news broadcast play alongside Phoebe and Fiona Apple's vocals on 7 o'clock news, Silent Night was Chilling It was kind of an odd decision one that i can't really wrap my head around but it made for a very memorable track and the title track features this wonderful piano melody as phoebe's hushed vocals guide this narrative of the singer down on their luck a fun little ep you should check out if you like phoebe and christmas really enjoyed it but i can't say the same for this next lp sear by the smashing pumpkins so if you've been listening to, to these past couple of Sound Encounters episodes, then it's no secret that I don't really like the singles that they put out before this album dropped. I thought their style of synth pop was horribly outdated, cheesy, and just straight up boring, and Corrigan's vocals were insufferable. I don't mind nasally vocals, and I didn't mind his delivery during like the Pumpkins 90s era, but for whatever reason, I just can't stand him on this project. It's so grating, and and it seems like it was his goal to be as annoying as he possibly could be. And I knew this project was going to be awful for me because it is a double album clocking in at over an hour long. So there was no chance that this album would miraculously win me over. (laughs) And and what's worse is that it's supposedly a sequel to an album that they put out in 2018 that was significantly shorter than this album. Like, that album had a handful of tracks, and it was only a half an hour long. If this album was around 30 minutes, it would have been so much better for my psyche. And it's not like I don't like synth pop. It's a very fun genre, and, and there have been many artists, including the Smashing Pumpkins, who have done synth pop right. But this album just lacks originality. It is so inoffensive, and at one point... I kind of turned my brain off and let the music play, and when I came to, I I realized that all of them sounded the same. Structure-wise, most of these tracks follow a standard verse-chorus progression, and I noticed that the Pumpkins favored a quiet intro that slowly built up over time so the climax would be louder and exciting, which is fine. A lot of rock and pop songs follow this formula, formula, Uh, and a lot of artists and bands have made great and memorable tracks using this formula. But when every track sounds like this, it gets really hard to distinguish one track from another. So I suffered throughout this album. Also, a lot of the songs here have similar narratives and themes, uh, specifically about love. And again, there's nothing wrong about talking about love in your songs. It's one of the more popular song subjects. A lot of my favorite songs deal with the subject of love, but when you aren't saying anything new about the subject, which, don't get me wrong, there is still a lot to be said about this subject, then it just falls flat, and it's forgotten sooner than the artist would probably want. Dual Set in E is still my favorite track here, and again, not for doing anything interesting or exciting, but for having the best and catchiest vocal melody by Corrigan and and a fairly fun Fairly fun synths and drums, but yeah, this album sucks and I'd never want to hear it again. And that does it for this past week in music. We're going to take a break and when we come back, I'm going to give you 10 songs to listen to this winter. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to Sound Counters. Before the break, I promised that I was going to talk about 10 songs to get you in the wintertime mood. So this is like the third week in a row that I'm trying something new, trying something different. And I knew I wanted to do something relating to the winter, primarily because it's not my favorite season. I, I don't like the cold. The sun goes down sooner. And because of that, it feels like it's the longest season and it and it kind of contributes to seasonal depression and, and especially in the Midwest, winters are pretty miserable. <laughs> but over the years, especially just recently, I've kind of learned to appreciate the winter and that's because good music makes all the difference when just suffering through the winter months. Sometimes you need to soak in the dour atmosphere and let the cold become your friend. And uh, I hope you're following what I'm saying because I feel like this makes sense to me and how I feel about the winter. Um, But anyway, I decided to come up with a playlist of 10 songs that'll get you in the wintertime mood and kind of understand my thought process when it comes to this season and, and how I deal with it. So let's get into it. My first song that I have on this winter playlist is After Hours by The Velvet Underground. This song really is the introvert's anthem, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but I rarely like to go outside in the winter. It's too cold, like I said a moment ago, and I just get grumpy when I'm out and about in the winter. Instead, I'd opt for staying inside, wearing comfortable clothes that'll keep me warm, and drinking hot beverages like hot chocolate or coffee, and relaxing on the couch. I also like to stare outside the window and watch the snow fall from inside my home. So that's that's the ideal winter night for me. Um, so this really is like the perfect song for staying indoors, or like I said earlier, if you're an introvert, because Mo Tucker sings about you know closing the door and letting the night last forever, leaving the sunshine out. But there's also kind of a logging to join like others and socializing. And this song also deals with loneliness and not wanting to be lonely anymore. A lot is happening in the song and the narrator wants to do all these things, but at the end of the day, they shut the door and stay inside their house. Which is like relatable to me because I go through most of those feelings around this time of year. So it, like this song was easy for me to get into. I also love the history behind this song. Lou Reed, the lead singer for The Velvet Underground, wrote this track for Moe Tucker. And, and Moe was nervous recording it. At some point, she just threw everybody out except for her, Lou, and the engineer in the recording studio. And she finally did it. She finally recorded uh, the track and then she didn't want to do the song live unless it was requested and i i love this next quote from her because she said that some creep requested it in texas probably around 1969 or 1970 uh and so that was her singing debut on stage and i can imagine all the velvet underground fans just singing along with her and oh god i i wish i was there I would have loved to have been there when Velvet Underground was in their peak, performing all these songs live. It also sounds like it was recorded within the last 10 years, because the album that this song appeared in, 1969's *The Velvet Underground, pretty much predicted the indie rock sound of the late 90s, early 2000s. Moe's sweet and lulling singing, we got the subtle bass and the gentle acoustic guitar chords. It's also sweet, you kind of forget that you are listening to a song about a shut-in. You also kind of forget that this is the same band that recorded Sister Ray. (laughs) And you might forget that it's winter with this song on. The second song on my playlist is Lullaby by The Cure. I started listening to The Cure a couple of winters ago, and since then they are one of my go-to bands that I'll put on during the season. This is a track that makes me feel cold and gives me chills whenever I put this on. And I attribute that to Robert Smith's hushed vocals as he sings about a Spider-Man who eats children while they are asleep. Robert Smith, the lead vocalist and writer uh, of these songs, said his uncle used to tell him scary stories when he was a kid to try to spook him and one of the recurring stories was about this Spider-Man. His uncle went so far as to try to climb into his room through the window one night and that scared the hell out of Smith. As, as it would all like other kids his age. So yeah, it's a wonderful track for kids t- and to fall asleep to. There's even a line where Smith says he wakes up in the shivering cold. And if it wasn't for the subject matter, the, the guitar chords do a wonderful job at creating a very chilling atmosphere. Then these dramatic strings come in and give the song an added feel of uneasy tension that stays throughout the track. Honestly, it's a great track to put on during Halloween, but I associate the cold feeling with winter and and it's sometimes it, it feels good to have that added coldness when you're already cold if if that makes sense do you do you understand what i'm putting down no okay well moving on we're on track three of my playlist in circles by sunny day real estate so it's time for some midwest emo one of the best genres you can listen to in the winter especially if you live in the midwest like i do And it doesn't get any better than Sunny Day Real Estate. This track is off of their album Diary, which is a Midwest emo masterpiece. And it's packed with these gems. But the song that has always stuck out to me was this track, In Circles. And that's most likely because I went through a pretty bad breakup when I first heard this track. The lyrics talk about an unhealthy relationship and communication problems during a rocky relationship. The narrator is trying so hard to make his lover happy, but he can't, and in turn, it makes him unhappy, and then he just goes spiraling because he gets nowhere. And to emphasize this point, lead singer Jeremy Inique, if that's how you pronounce it, had a powerful delivery on this chorus, and he's shouting the words, and you can really feel the emotion behind his vocals. I believe that he is one of the strongest vocalists in the genre, and this song is one of his definitive moments. I also love how he's able to switch between that loud and aggressive shouting to the more reserved and timid singing on the verses. It shows the dichotomy between the singer's emotions, tired and exhausted to angry and confused. I also love how suddenly it could switch between these two moods. Like, it's kind of showing the reality of dealing with a situation like this and, and knowing that your relationship is going nowhere and the possibility of it ending. Also, you got to give it up for Dan Horner's amazing guitar playing as it's so sludgy and grimy and it's perfect for a song like this. Another song that gives me chills and, and makes me feel cold whenever I listen to it. It's probably why I associate it with the winter. And number four... I have Desire Lines by Dear Hunter. Here's a band that I feel I should talk about more. Halcyon Digest is one of the best albums of the 2010s, and Desire Lines has to be my favorite song on the record. It follows a standard structure of verse chorus that is typical of a lot of indie rock music. It also features easygoing guitar chords, a catchy bass line, and a mid-tempo drum rhythm. And It Punt's soothing, melodic vocals makes for a fun and catchy indie rock song, and everything here sounds great. I especially love the lyrics about childhood excitement and how the future is uncertain when you are younger, and and it's it's great because you have so much ahead of you, and how those feelings and opp- opportunities start to diminish as you grow older. But then the chorus kind of brings back that wonder as the singer says that you get to live free if you go with him far away to God knows where. It sounds desirable to live how you once did as a child. And I guess that aspect of the song really hooked me and I loved the narrative of returning to your youth. But that's only half the song, or I should say less than half the song, because the remainder of this track indulges in this meandering psychedelic rock trip. The tempo starts to pick up as the guitar chords soar to the stratosphere. All of a sudden, it's a completely different song. And might I add, that transition is smooth as hell. I like to listen to this back half of this track when I am watching a a snowstorm right outside my window. There's just something about those chords that make me think about a snowstorm and make me want to listen to it during a snowstorm. Moving on. At number five, I have *Starlifer* by Sayo Ro. I have loved Christmas ever since I was small. It's always a special holiday for me. But I mean, I really liked receiving presents. I still do. What always made Christmas extra special was whenever it would snow on Christmas Day. I loved staring out the window and watching the snowfall. And as an adult, part of me still hopes for snow on Christmas Day every year. There's just something like really magical about that, and the magic of the holiday has seemed to diminish with each passing year, but this song definitely recaptures that magic. Sire Rho is an Icelandic band, and for us English speakers, we won't really understand what the hell they are saying. I actually spent a significant amount of time looking up how to pronounce the band's name because I didn't want to mispronounce it. But yes, I, I have translated the, the song's lyrics for you so we can get a better understanding of what they are saying in this track. The narrative of this song is told from the perspective of a child getting ready for bed. They are under the soft covers, they are hiding under the covers, but their sleep is interrupted when they see a little elf staring back at them. They wipe the crust from their eyes as they cannot believe what they saw, and I guess... If you have never heard this song before and are just listening to the lyrics, the, like it, it can not be interpreted as something terrifying because if a little elf is in, in your room sounds scary to you, then I completely understand. But I like to focus on the music because that is what really captures this allure. First, we get these pensive strings that enter the track. Then after a couple of seconds, a dreamy keyboard melody begins, giving this track its divine quality. After all these years of listening to this song, that keyboard melody has always stuck with me. Lead singer Jonesy has a gentle vocal delivery that is uh, lulling, and it kind of mimics that child-going-to-sleep narrative. There is even angelic choral vocals that join his, and halfway through the song, things quiet down, and the instrumentation stops before it picks up again with firework sound effects. And every time I listen to it, it's just breathtaking. I love to listen to this song while walking during a light snowfall. Looking up at the snow and listening to that keyboard makes the winter worth it. And continuing with the post-rock songs, at number six, I have Moya by Godspeed, You Black Emperor. The kings of post-rock. Kind of really one of the founding uh or at least the more significant artists who deal with crescendoing orchestral post-rock. If you recognize the name of this band, it's probably because you've heard their most popular entry, or have, at least have heard about their most popular entry, Lift Your Skinny Wrists like Antennas to Heaven. They've also like have made incredible post-rock albums this past decade, and you've probably heard about their first album, F-Sharp, A Sharp Infinity. And while all of those projects are amazing, I find their EP, Slow Right for New Zero Canada, equally amazing. They released this EP between their first and second albums, and they've only have two songs in them, one of them being Moya, this next track on my list. This track kind of serves as the blueprint for one of their most popular songs, Storm, as it is a drawn-out composition that focuses its first part. On building atmosphere and tension. Then eventually it releases that tension and it builds up again before unleashing unrelenting forever of instruments. Moya begins with eerie and somber strings, creating this ruminative atmosphere. Then that quiets down to make room for this chamber section of guitars, bells, drums, and more strings. Then the middle section, the, the second buildup, creates some excitement and It's more whimsical than the first section. Then it builds up into this pounding and exhilarating final section where the instrumentation swells around and envelops you. It's such a wonderful payoff. And Godspeed, You Black Emperor, like, just knows they have that crescendoing, like, song structure down. I just love to listen to post-rock in the winter. That's probably the main reason why I'm putting this song on this playlist And also, it's kind of one of their shorter songs, so, like, you don't have to listen to, like, the 20-minute storm or the 20-minute static. And also, I just, I love Godspeed, You Black Emperor. And number seven, I have Song for a Warrior by Swans. I know I just talked about Swans, and I kind of mentioned the seer in my guide to Swans, which is the album that features this song. But it's such a great song for this time of year. After the ride that is Moya, you can put this track on and chill out with Karen O's soft vocals and that beautiful acoustic guitar melody. Song for a Warrior is a touching love ballad about Jira's relationship with his partner, and Karen O's voice is able to bring out the warmth of the lyrics that I don't think Jira would have been able to convey, which is why I think he enlisted Karen for this song. The first leg of this track is more folky than anything. Again, we have Karen's vocals. The guitars and the calming ambiance. The middle of the track features an orchestral swell that is stunning. I'm still amazed when that section slowly builds. After, you know, however many times I've listened to this track. It quiets down to Karen and the guitar and a piano afterwards. But that last section of the track kind of builds tension with distorted guitars and Jira's intimidating background vocals. But that is resolved with Karen's last line, which is somewhat whispered. I like to listen to this year during the winter. I kind of discovered this year, or at least first put it on during the winter, so I put that whole album on during this time of year. But Song for a Warrior stuck with me because of how drastically different it is than the other tracks on the album. It's also a great like breather on the album as it comes after lengthy and taxing tracks on the record. Also, listening to that orchestral swell when it's snowing and cold outside is fantastic. And number eight, I have Poa Alpina by Biosphere. If there was an album I would describe as being very Arctic sounding, it would be Substrata by Biosphere. A lot of the soundscapes on that record portray really icy and cold environments, and this is no different on Poa Alpina. Or however you say it. You get these slow-moving piano keys, and it provides a nice melody for the barren tundra background. This is an ambient record, and like I said, the the barren tundra backdrop is is very ambient-sounding. But it sounds like flutes. It sounds like flutes that could have been processed to sound the way that they do here. Honestly, whatever it is, it sounds gorgeous and creates that chilly winter feeling that I've been saying through this whole segment. You know, the day after it snows and the ground is completely white because it's covered in snow. That kind of day is like perfect to put this track on because that's what I think about when this song is on. At number nine, we have Venice Lockjaw by Women. I had no idea what drew me to Women for the longest time. I had I, I listened to Public Strain during the winter because the cover art for that record has like a raging snowstorm on the front and listening to the album during winter was like such a smart choice it's such like a winter album but it wasn't until like a couple months later that i realized women sounded like the perfect marriage of sonic youth and velvet underground two of my favorite bands and this track venice lockjaw sounds more velvet underground than sonic youth with its twinkling guitar chords and subtle drum beat the vocals sound distant, and production trickery makes so that the vocals and the lyrics are kind of obscured, which is how a lot of the album sounds like. And if that deters you from listening to the record, trust me, it's a mood. It's perfect for watching a slow snowfall. And I'm not just talking about Venice Lockjaw, I'm talking about Public Strain in general. It's the perfect winter album. So if you love this track, then I recommend checking out the rest of the project When you can, and so for the final track on my playlist, I have "Out of Egypt into the Great Laugh of Mankind," and I shake the dirt from my sandals as I run, by Sufjan Stevens. Quite the mouthful. I'm going to conclude this playlist with another track I like to listen to during a raging snowstorm. And it, it, like, Sufjan is such a wonderful composer and instrumentalist, and while he is known for his grandiose arrangements, this one is surprisingly minimalistic, as the track revolves around these looping piano melodies that swirl around you and create this trance-like song. It's an instrumental track, so you don't have to worry about the deeper meaning behind the lyrics. Although, when I listen to tracks like this, I kind of like to create my own narrative, like running out into snow whether it's playing in it with like your friends or running to tell your crush that you like them and want to be with them yeah kind of like cheesy but I like that kind of romantic narrative along with this track it's also an amazing track that can fill you with warmth during a snowstorm so I kind of like the mixed feelings that I get whenever I listen to this track and with that that concludes my winter playlist to go over the 10 tracks I have on here, I have After Hours by The Velvet Underground, Lullaby by the Cure, In Circles by Sunny Day Real Estate, Desire Lines by Dare Hunter, Starlifer by Sireo, Moya by Gospy the Black Emperor, Song for a Warrior by Swans, Poa Alpina by Biosphere, Venice Lockjaw by Women, and Out of Egypt, Into the Great Life of Mankind, and I Shake. The dirt from my sandals as I run by Sufjan Stevens. Let me know what you guys think about this playlist. Also, I know this was kind of like a weird segment to do. Kind of trying something different with this segment, but if you enjoyed this, you know, little experimentation or this little experiment that I did, let me know. I'd gladly love to do more of these like seasonal playlists might consider doing one for the spring or the summer or the fall. I was going to do a playlist for the fall, but I decided against it. Thought it was kind of like a, a weird thing to do, but I, I wanted to do one for the winter because I just, uh, the winter seems like a perfect time for me to like soak in music and listen to like all this music. So yeah, <laughs> let me know what you think about the playlist What are some of your favorite tracks to listen to in the winter? You can let me know on Twitter and Instagram at Sound Encounters. And you can send me a voice message on anchor.fm4 slash Sound Encounters. There should be a link to where you need to go in the podcast description. Please let me know what you think because I would love to continue this winter discussion. All right, so that does it for this week. Of sound encounters please let me know what you thought of this new feature that i did this week love to know your feedback on my winter playlist and if you've been kind of waiting for a new genre guide from me no need to worry because next week i plan on doing a genre guide on a genre i won't tell you what it is but let's just say that It has to do with one of the songs, or at least two of the songs, that I covered this week on the Winter Playlist. Please let your music enthusiast friends know about this podcast. Let them know about Sound Encounters if you enjoyed this podcast, because it'd be great to increase the Sound Encounters fan. And it'd be great to hear more opinions from music enthusiasts, because, you know, we we fucking love to talk about music. and if you enjoyed this podcast leave a review on apple podcasts it would be greatly appreciated and your review might be featured on the next episode of sound encounters follow the sound encounters twitter and instagram at sound encounters leave a review on apple podcasts and it could be featured on the next episode of sound encounters do you have a question or suggestion for me then visit the twitter or anchor page and submit your question that too could be featured on the next episode of sound encounters thank you to soundstrike for their wonderful selection of music which i use today and thank you for tuning in and listening and supporting my little show here. I'm Caesar, this has been Sound Encounters, and I'll see you next week.